0: This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources. And you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. So glad that you've chosen to be with us. How are you doing? How's everything going? Are we back into the swing of things yet? I feel like all those beautifully labelled um, school bags and systems and routines for getting everyone out of the door are like starting to unravel a little bit in our house. We're back to the, ah, where are socks and I can't find this thing and running down the stairs. And it all just feels much more normal. So uh, if that's you, take heart. You're not the only one, um, but keep going. We are doing well. We're getting our way through September. So just a couple of reminders this week uh, of things that I mentioned last week. So the Parenting for Faith original course for groups, so for churches or groups of friends. Booking is still open, but it closes in two days time. So on the 21st of September, because we're going to be starting on Monday, the 25th. So uh, do book onto that if you haven't already. We would love to see you there. We're going to be journeying through the eight weeks of the original Parenting for Faith course and discussing that in groups. Uh, Secondly, is that the pop up small group with Joanna Adenike Burford is tonight. So that's all about how to talk to your kids about the media, in particular TV and screen time. Um, If you are listening to this after the 19th and you've missed it, don't worry, you can catch up. Just go onto our Facebook page and you'll find it there or onto our website. Uh, Type in media or TV or screen time in the search bar. That's probably the quickest way to get it to pop up. Um, But I hope you really enjoy that, either watching your own or with some other people. And then finally, we have still got this uh, three ways to connect with God night on the 28th of September. That is also completely free, uh, but we'd really encourage you to click interested or going on Facebook because that'll give you access to the flash sale, which is going to be happening just for 48 hours after that. And I don't want any of you to miss out. But we're going to head over to the conversation now. Lucy spoke to Claire Luther from Head to Heart Books all about friendship.
1: Today's guest on the podcast is Claire Luther. I'm really excited to speak to Claire today because she is a wonderfully varied person. Claire was an OT, an occupational therapist by training, and she worked in the public and private sector until 2013. But now she does something rather different. Firstly, she runs a doggy daycare business for Dushans, which I think is super cool. But she also (laughs) spends time writing children's picture books. And she runs a small independent publishing business called Head to Heart Books, which you can find in the show notes. we're going to find out more about these books and how they can bless our children later on Claire lives in London in a faith-filled home with her husband and two teenage children and their own miniature smooth black and tan dachshund, who's called what's it who qualified as a pet therapist a few years ago Claire
2: <laughs> welcome to the podcast thank you so much and everything about that is all true brilliant introduction <laughs> I, I, love it. Enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the multifaceted Claire. It's brilliant. And I just wanted people to know all that, even though we won't be talking about Dasha and Sudley today, but I do think that's super cool. Um, Claire, <laughs> we're going to focus on your your books. So you've written a number of children's books about emotions. This is really what we wanted to kind of draw from you today, because we know you've got a lot of wisdom and experience in this area. And your books really focus on helping kids to understand how they feel, the emotions that they're experiencing, and then to act really positively with Within those emotions. Can I just, can we just start by, can you share how you got into that? What led you into this?
2: Yeah. Um, so I think it was initially my career about looking at communication and compassion. Uh, just, I used to work in acquired head injury. So working alongside families who had family members that had, had an incident that um, had changed that person and coming to terms with what new life looked like. Um, So adjustment and acceptance was very much part of my conversations. Uh, Then I had the biggest career change, which was becoming a parent. And um, I was trying to juggle busy work life with therapy work and actually found it increasingly difficult, although the perception and the chat of modern life was that I could do both. um, And my faith was growing at the time. And I just had this epiphany moment when they were three and five of what am I doing and how am I modeling to my children? What's my availability and how concerned I am, am I with their emotional well being? And I was really starting to observe that my physical presence and my dialogue was having the biggest impact on them. And the way that I was talking was evolving and changing as I was learning on the job. And I, I realized that in a storybook, There are lots of weird and wonderful ways that we engage with children. But because I'm quite a a literal person and with the children was being non-nuanced, I wanted to create a story that that allowed the child to hold that information, but relate to it, even though they may not have experienced it. Um, So I decided because of my background to uh, get in touch with some people that would help craft those scripts so that they were as accurate as they could be. Uh, So I got in touch with clinical psychologists, educational psychologists, teachers, parents, carers, youth workers. Uh, My heart was, can the children relate to this? Can they recognize themselves? And then can the supervising adult, the carer, parent, have a talk with them during the story and after to draw out what that main character is experiencing, but then actually turn it into, well, I feel like this so what the books have additionally got is a craft and activity pack so the books are secular they're not christian speaking but the packs you've got one that's a craft and one that's a faith pack Mm. because i think sometimes when you're engaging with a child in an everyday moment and then you can bring in jesus there's a sense of processing and digesting and seeing what god has to say rather than um them feeling like there might be an expectation or oh, mummy wants me to say this, or I, I look like I'm nodding in the right place. There's a sense <laughs> yes. of freedom about mm-hmm. um, this open dialogue that's not really going anywhere, but then we can bring them right back to what, what, what does God have to say in this? What difference can he make? And let's yeah. pray about it.
1: Claire, today we're thinking specifically about friendships and that really kind of big issue of how to help our children. Uh, I know you're excited to talk on this. Um, <laughs> form, <laughs> form healthy friendships. I can see Claire's face, which you can't as the listeners, but yeah, she's super excited to, to get going on this topic. Um, it can be so, so daunting to send our children off to school for the first time or uh, maybe for home educating, you know, to send them off to a, a class or a club or something like that where we are not present Yes. And there's that whole fear of like, gosh, have you know, you sort of the last four or five years kind of flash before your eyes and you think, have yes. I done enough? Have I inputted enough into my child that they yes. are going to thrive when I'm not there to sort of do it for them? Yeah. So, Claire, just share share some thoughts on this. How can we help our kids to make good friendships by themselves when we're not there to help them out?
2: Uh what we tend to do as parents. And, and this is a generalization, so this isn't me assuming anything about your listeners, but I'm going on my personal experience and then what I've I've started observing is we've got experiences ourselves of being that age. We've also got experiences of being parented within a family unit, whatever that looked like. So we come into watching our children with a packed suitcase. Mm. <laughs> and um, what I think we need to be really careful about with Jesus is coming to him with our concerns for our children first, because our dialogue and our conversation can set up anxiety without us even realising it. And so we need to be very um, aware, I think, as a starting point, Jesus help me to understand what my expectations and assumptions are for my child before I send them out. My encouragement really, and not exposure, is for us as parents to be where am I at and what are my worries for my child? Mm. Have I started talking in a way that perhaps is indicating it might be difficult? Mm. Have I started talking in a way that it might increase their anxiety that there's a first day or there's tricky people there yeah because
1: a lot of us are fueled by our own insecurities our own experiences our own anxieties right so if we don't have such a good time at school it's very easy to project that onto our children and assume that they are also going to have issues
2: exactly and I think if we can if we can just say actually stop I don't even know if I'm holding any sort of assumptions or expectations I'm going to start praying about how I prepare my child or how I encourage them then that's the best starting point the next thing is really encouraging them um to to know so uh, with confidence that they're known by god Mm. and um he goes ahead he's behind he's before he's within i mean that beautiful psalm of 139 Mm. um friendships are there because we're made to relate so um it's important to say with joy i wonder who you're going to meet and encourage them to go about Being prepared to make connections. So, for example, when my children were going to school, I was very much showing them about how I prayed before they went to school. Lord Jesus, you know, I pray that as they go into school, you give them a a kind and uh, welcoming heart to give one person a smile. Um, and then thereafter, Lord Jesus, um, I'm looking forward to hearing about their day. And if they can remember one thing, maybe who they sat next to, we can then talk and pray about that. Again, people might say, Claire, what? Is that it? But it really is because I'm showing them that I'm praying, that I'm encouraging them to do something proactive that might be different from other people so that they're going in to smile at one person and they can come back and report it. So we've got something to talk about. Um and and using bible passages in your everyday conversations so it doesn't have to be this kind of quiet time where the children feel like ah we haven't got time to do this using words from the bible within our conversation i i have found really helpful
1: that alternative script that you're talking about is so powerful isn't it because actually we get a lot of our identity and our sense of self worth from the people around us and yet what you're saying is actually we need to try as much as we can to root our children's self-worth in Christ so that they know their love so that they're not going to school needy of other people to make them feel good.
2: I think that that is the other interesting point about the difference that God shines the light on in terms of, of our behavior and, and what we say to our children because a lot of us will get very protective as parents if someone's being unkind to our child and the default or the worldly chat is well let's look after ourselves or um, I'm number one and I kind of need to make sure I navigate and get the best friendships out of this but I'm trying to say actually people are being unkind because they're hurting. So a need is not being met. And I feel really encouraged because I've seen it again, I'm, I'm going on what I've seen in my own home, which is why I get excited because I know Jesus works. Yes. Um, when there are tough relationships, which seem um, quite petty to the naked eye. So maybe they've been pushed in the lunch queue, or maybe they've been stopped going to the loo and they wet their pants. That's their experience. That's the experience a child is coming home with emotions matter because they give us this association with an experience they give us a meaning and that's then carried on and we want to be talking through those and not fixing them mm-hmm. so instead of us saying right that's it i'm going into the school and saying bloody bloody blah the first point of call for us as parents is okay that happened at school and i can see that that wasn't a nice experience for you what we can do is talk to Jesus about it and we can pray for that person yeah. and actually pray, Lord, that there's a peace in their heart and we can be different with them. We don't have to be best friends with them, but we can love them in a way that Jesus shows us how to love them. You know, we're told in Colossians that that God gives us forgiveness. He redeems us. And and to be able to demonstrate that to kids in an everyday moment mm keep consistently doing the same will eventually trickle through them even as an adult and nothing's happened in their childhood they will be able to reflect every conversation matters god is a, not a god of mistakes and he's doing it to help grow us and mature us and as parents we have that responsibility and so i i take very seriously the dialogue that i use with my children and the intention and impact it can have mm-hmm. um and and it's littered with god uh, I, I, he, he is our compass. Um, he is our reference point, and um, I know that teachers, even in their secondary school, have said that that they behave in a way that's different. They can't put their finger on it. I mean, we can. I'm yeah. oh, Jesus. But, um, you know, that's the joy of of seeing his outworking in the regular and consistent way that you can speak to your children about him.
1: Claire, this is pure gold. You know, I love it when we get into scripture and we go, do you know what? There's a better script for our children to be following. There is a better way we can raise them. Last night I read in a book um, which really challenged me about how sometimes we can worry as Christian parents about this side or the other. But actually it comes down to and I really was convicted that this was in my heart a lack of belief in the goodness of Jesus and a lack of belief in the power of the Holy spirit. And, you know, what you're saying is, yeah, there might not be change on a day to day basis. You know, a situation might not get much better. You know, that's the reality when our kids fall out with friends, it it might be something that goes on for years. We can't, we can't always fix situations for our children. But what is so wonderful is we know that as we consistently take these things to God, we will see the goodness of God and the goodness of Christ impact our children's lives. And the power of the Holy Spirit can change situations. What happens if day after day goes past and our child is coming home and they haven't made those friendships? Is there anything that we can be doing as parents?
2: So uh, if we can make home safe, friendships will happen. And And I mean that in the sense that we have an expectation as a parent that, or actually within the world, of course, why not? That there will be friendships. There may be best friends. People are kind of going to each other's houses for like having a tea or a play date and then coming back. And we hear parents talk about that and um, the spontaneity sometimes, and it just sounds funky and great and cool. But if it's not happening, that is okay. Okay because it will. So I want to encourage parents that if you can stay consistent and give time to your child to have a download when they come home, they talk through the emotions and you don't try and fix it and say, well, I'm sure tomorrow will be better. I'm sure it'll work out by the end of the week. Those sentences are really stifling for children because they haven't got the emotional, um, Well, they've got their emotional brains Sorry, are huge and their rational brains are tiny. And I'm talking about the three to eight year olds. I'm talking about the younger years. This is the age that my books are aimed for. And we need to be their regulator for them. If we're not regulating ourselves and we're getting in a a panic about looking at an upset child and then feeling sad and and looking stressed and worried, then they're going to look at us and pick up on that pace and tone. And I know I've said it before, but it is so important how we model to our children and we need to depend on Christ to model in a way that is calm and allows them to experience their emotions and come out the other side. So we can be saying to them, I can see that you're really sad. I can see that today has been really tricky, but you've come home and you're able to tell me and and because you've told me all that I can see you're sad. Can we just sit together for a moment and, and have a little cuddle and read a story? Or can I sit and watch t- your favorite TV program with them and hold them and connect? So I've got some pillars that I really kind of try and encourage parents to live by. And that's compassion, uh, connection, co-regulation, context and conversation. And if we can put those in into uh our our interaction with our kids then we're already winning that's what they need to secure them so the aspect of having no friends i would say is not a problem what i would what I would hope we can do at home is make it as safe as possible so that they can come home and tell us. If they've got this safe space to download, then we are doing a brilliant job. (laughs) Parenting is messy. Watching it is horrendous. And we want to try and make everything right for our children. But the fixing is where we kind of derail it. If we can sit with it, just like God parents us, God relates to us, and we need to relate to our children as God relates to us. Mm. He lets us sit in our mess. He lets us cry out, but He shows us through compassion, forgiveness, patience, kindness, gentleness. He says, Clothe yourself in Colossians. I mean, it's dreamy. Look it up, everyone. Colossians 3. (laughs) Clothe yourself. And if we can do that to our children, they will start to grow in a groundedness that that the world can't explain yeah and we must be patient because although we want next the next day to be different or better don't worry. It's, it's painful to watch. I'm not denying that. We've all seen it. We've all had to listen. And probably what our gut instinct wants to do is phone up a parent and say, are you kidding? What is going? <laughs> do you know what your child is saying? <laughs> um, and probably they do, but we need to be in the right frame of mind and have sat and, and helped parent our child through it. Um, so the way that I kind of apply this, because people are saying, well, what do you mean? Is I've got this kind of go to um, A&E, uh, emotional well-being um, framework. And it's a series of A&E words that if we can just apply one of them in our everyday life, we are already making a significant difference. So within those kind of five pillars that I've got, You've got assumptions and expectations. What are your assumptions and expectations as a parent? If you're hearing your child talk about big emotions and it's freaking you out, pray as they're talking, pray for God to give you a clear head and a calm tongue. Your child needs to be regulated and to be safe and secure. So allow for those emotions, acknowledge and explore with them. What happened? Can you tell me what happened today? As they start retelling, you gr- you grab their words. You, I cannot state this highly enough. Use their words. Don't give them words. Use what they're saying. Explore what happened. How did you feel better? Did it stay like that for the whole day? Oh, no, OK, you managed to have some fun. So you get them to be specific about when, when it was. You want to address and explain it. So maybe you could give them some context to it. Um, you want to be available and encourage. you want to apply with examples. Maybe give them an example of when you felt like that so that they can see it's normal. um look at empathizing with them. I can I can hear that that was a really tricky day for you. That must have been, um, yeah, that must have been difficult. I can't think of different words at the moment, but you know <laughs> uh, and then and then sometimes, oh, an apology. I, I I am really sorry that's happened, but we can bring all of this to Jesus and 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 then let's have a cuddle so it's it's kind of trying to put in these different things and but starting with being aware as a parent um, because everything we say and do is being watched they are imitators of us if we're confused about why they might be anxious we need to see what we're saying to them and the the pace that we're running the household in, which is very difficult because a lot of families have single parents or people are working, Um, the cost of living. I mean, coming out of COVID, we have got a plethora of things that the devil is throwing at us to to make us stressed. But in the same vein, we have a choice. And and Jesus is, is free and he requires our obedience and our faithfulness. And he is prepared to work with us to help change us. Yeah. And I think that's the most exciting thing because no matter how we've been parented, he's saying, I've got the key for generational change and I I can help you. Mm. You just want that. I just get so excited. <laughs> we can say that we're trapped, but, but he's saying, I'm, I'm here to free you from chains and, and you can make a difference. What
1: if the situation is reversed? What if, it's our child who is the source of the difficulties yes. at school. What if we are always doing that playground walk of shame and the teacher's got yet another thing yes. <laughs> to talk to us about regarding our child because actually they are they are the ones causing the drama at school? Yes. Any any advice in that situation?
2: I think, I think our society at the moment is very behaviour focused. And so behaviors are communication, and we tend to freak out again or worry about the behavior. Um, I would say take a step back. Yes, if our child is being that tricky child, what do we think might be going on for them? Are we absent? Are they overloaded? Is there something that needs to be explored with the school? Can I have further conversations? Do I give my child enough quiet time when they come home? Am I booking them into too many things? Is this little person too tired? Is this behavior an outcome of a need not being met? And if we just can run through those things and look at our daily routine, look at what we're imposing on them, maybe thinking that this is what they need or allowing us more me time. Um, Sometimes it's quite uncomfortable, as I said, when we started this, um, but it's really essential to reflect and see what we're doing. They are so busy at the moment. Our little people are so busy. And there is so much choice and so much opportunity that we've got a fear of missing out as parents. Oh, let's let them flourish in this, that, and this, and that. Often they just need to come home and, and be. And I think we've lost sight of what being means. Um, and we're afraid of that, that kind of space. Um, so I would just say a time of reflection. I, I'm not uh, in any way um, saying that may be another problem to look at but I think often we we see our child and think what on earth is going on there Mm. but we haven't looked at how how we we are and what we're putting them up for um yeah I would just I would say a a time to self-reflect but that may not be the solution for everything so
1: I think it's a great start and and you're right you know our children don't always have the power to be able to articulate yeah that they are over scheduled or overstressed by something. And sometimes we as parents have to unpick that. Um, Claire, very quickly, where can we find out more about your books and your
2: practice in general? So um, there's a website that I've set up for the books. Um, there's there's kind of six books about emotional well-being and six books about core values. So just looking at character, uh, they are on www.headtoheartbooks.com. That's the number two. So head number two, heartbooks.com. And then there's another book that's with 10 of those called Say What. And I've written that book um purely because there's a lot of people in my life that are atheists or non-believers and as, as adults are very confused about who god is who jesus is and the joy of having jesus in our lives so i've written a children's book to basically break that down to explain creation to salvation and what sin is and then the joy of knowing christ and that's on the 10 of those website that's coming out in september
1: claire thank you so much this has been an absolute education thank you for coming on the podcast.
0: we like to end our podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation this week's question is what do you find hard about friendships be ready to share what you find hard about friendships too and just a final reminder to click on that link for the three ways to connect with god night and click interested or going we would love to see you there have a great week we will be back next week with andy robertson from taming gaming talking about when your child first gets a phone See you there, bye.